When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody, and how's it going? I'm Alex Goldstick, and you are listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. The Spring League and Spring Forward are live in San Antonio for TSL 2020. After securing a TV deal from Fox during the summer, the Spring League transformed the fall season into a six-team league in which each team will play four regular season games, and the best two teams will move on to a championship. Those six teams, the Conquerors, Generals, Aviators, Alphas, Jousters, and Blues, are all getting ready for Week 1 from the Alamo Dome. All three Week 1 games will be played on Tuesday, October 27th, with the last game of the night between the Generals and the Conquerors airing on FS1 at 8pm Eastern. If you are in the area on Tuesday, the televised game will be open to the public, with tickets being sold exclusively at the Alamo Dome box office. Tickets are on sale now. Today's episode features Tyson Graham Jr., a Spring League returnee from 2018 who has played in the NFL, AAF, and XFL since he was last with the Spring League. The interview with Tyson was conducted with masks on, just a heads up in case you notice any reduced quality throughout the interview. Let's get to it. Tyson Graham is a prototypical 6'2", 220-pound safety in his second tour of duty with the Spring League. The South Florida native is a South Dakota alum who has pro stops in the NFL, AAF, and XFL on his resume and is currently on the Conquerors at TSL 2020 in San Antonio. Tyson, welcome to the pod. How you doing? Thanks for having me. So let's start at the beginning. You, like I said, you're a South Florida native, Pompano mm-hmm. Beach, and um, you know I don't know much about Florida and Florida geography, but Broward County I think raises brows in the football community. What's it like coming from this, you know, Miami area hotbed of football talent? Uh, just being from South Florida, like you said, um, we're known just for creating a lot of talent, producing a lot of talent, um, especially sports-wise, football-wise, to be exact, um, and speed. You know, speed is something that I think a lot of athletes pick up from just being from Florida in general, but um, growing up in South Florida, um, sports kind of is instilled in you early. Um, I started playing football probably around the age of five. I played one year of flag, and I was in Tiger football probably by the age of six or seven years old. Um, My people kind of got me involved early just to kind of keep me active. And um, once after that, I kind of just fell in love with the game. I started playing Pop Warner football for different organizations across the – across the county and um you know from there kind of led to high school and just falling in love with the game and you know just going from there and um just being around other guys growing up with other guys who are you know known in the NFL just having that camaraderie just being from the same areas I mean it's pretty cool so 
So I don't know if anyone's connected the dots yet from the intro to what you just said, but there's not a straight line from Miami to South Dakota. Right. Uh, so tell us about you know high school recruitment. Um, I know that you were you played two ways. You were a receiver and a and a safety in high school. Um, how do you end up at South Dakota? Um, transferring, I want to say I transferred my junior year of high school over to a private school. So my recruitment kind of got started late. Um, went to a small school, private school. Uh, not too many people came out just because of how small it was. Highlands Christian Academy. Um, once I ended up going over there, my, about my senior year, things ended up getting picked up, my recruitment process. South Dakota ended up offering me a scholarship, I want to say around late December. Um, my receivers coach at the time when I was playing receiver, Kelton Copeland, he was in charge of um, recruiting the South Florida area. So I was his first scholarship offer that he ended up giving out um, once he got there. And, um, you know, from there I went to I went to USD. That was my first time actually going on a visit to a plane and everything like that. So once I went up there, I played receiver for about two years. Um, then I kind of – my safety, safety coach kind of seeing how, I, you know, I was able to block and was physical at the point. And they wanted to see if I can switch positions, you know, if that was up to me. Um, I liked it, and I made a transition over about my sophomore redshirt year. Um, I went home, literally watched film of that whole spring ball, learned the whole playbook inside out, and then I took it serious from then. And then I became a safety, and I also had to play linebacker my senior year, so I was kind of all over the field. But um, not too many people from South Dakota, I mean, from South Florida end up in South Dakota, I'll tell you that. So it was definitely a, you know, culture shock and yeah. climate change and everything. So. I mean, you touched on a couple of things there. Like, you know, a lot of DBs joke about the fact that they're DBs because they don't have the hands, but right. you clearly do. I, you know, I read on the South Dakota, uh, on your player page that you were, you know, scout team offensive player mm -hmm. of the week, your redshirt freshman year. So was it more about, you know, the hitting people? Was it more about the cerebral part of playing defense? Uh, what attracts you to defense? I think just the physicality part. I think me in general, just knowing how I play the game, I just think that I would rather hit someone than um, just be on the offensive side. No offense to the receivers, because I have plenty of guys who play, you know, close friends who play receiver. But me, I just like hitting people, mm -hmm. you know, making an impact and uh, just being able to, to be a playmaker on the ball. Like interceptions, big hits, that's just me. So I think, um, everything kind of just worked out. And I credit uh, one of my coaches, Jason Petrino, who sat down and talked to me and explained to me everything. And he um, actually trusted me and, you know, took me in to help me with that transition very smoothly. You you actually arrived at South Dakota in the school's first year in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Right. Did you, on the ground there, feel an acceleration in the program or, or the program getting better, you know, upon your return, uh, arrival? Yes, I did. Uh, it kind of... Um, Joe Glenn, head coach, he came in and it was kind of going into a new direction. Um, we started getting the pieces that we needed gradually as my years went on there. And um, we started to see change slowly, but surely we knew nothing was going to come overnight. But, um, and we knew that. And I would say actually now by the time, since I have left and since I was starting to leave, that the program has taken new heights. Um, you know, playoff, you know, births. And, yeah, the um, year after you left. Exactly. And you got more guys coming out to leave. You guys got guys got, uh, like Chris Grabler and other guys who've been out, you know, and able to uh, come out of South Dakota is just a testament of to what we've been able to do and, you know, produce out there so far. So it's been pretty good. 
Before we jump to your pro experience, I mean, you mentioned it, but we've touched on three positions you've played now. Receiver, right. safety, and then you moved to linebacker your senior year. Right. Do you think that that movement in position has helped you in the game of football, you know, at the age you are now, or has it hurt in that, you know, it hurt your, you know, scouting and tape? And I think it's actually, uh, it's kind of helped me just because, well, I know for one, just me being, just going to receiver and safety shows my, uh, my athleticism. Mm-hmm. But also going to safety, it kind of helped me and also my athleticism and just being physical, it kind of helped my game, me to be able to produce more just because me being a receiver prior, I was able to understand the game, where the offense wants to do, what they dictate, how a receiver thinks, how he, you know, where he wants to go and things like that. So it kind of slowed the game down for me when I, once I got on the deep side of the ball. And the same with linebacker, just me knowing where a safety would typically be you know, and everything like that, it just kind of helped slow my game down just being there. So I was able to actually produce more at those positions, which kind of helped, I believe, you know, my stock in certain places or also just my body type, just being able to have a body type, I feel as though where if I would like to, you know, put on weight, a team wants me to put on weight or, you know, whatever the case may be, it'll be easier, you know, just because of uh, my build and, you know, everything like that, so... So let's get to the pro game. I mean, between graduation, you went undrafted, and then you got your first taste of the NFL with the Colts. Right. What is that time period like between graduating and going to Indy? I left school early around December, late December of 2016, I want to say. I went down to Georgia to train at uh, Chip Smith um, down in Norcross, Georgia. Um, trained there for about three months, and then I ended up going back to Florida to train to work specifically on my 40 time, which was something that my agent me and my agent discussed about and a discussion he's had with other teams, which is a big focal point. Went down there, trained, came back up to South Dakota, ran my uh pro day, ran a my forty in like a four five three maybe, four five three or four five four. But um, I had three scouts on my pro day actually: the Saints, 49ers, and the Green Bay Packers. They all let my my workout specifically, but the Colts, I didn't have, I had no idea the Colts were even on the radar, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and they didn't call, you know, leading up to the days before. Usually teams call and, you know, tell you just to make sure this is the right contact information, you know, and everything like that. So um, when I drafted, uh, then the Colts called my agent, you know, told him that come in next week on a mini Ricky Minicamp tryout, basically, um, and join them, you know, and see what you can do. So I went out there. Um, I actually ended up. Man, once I first got out there, I dove right into the playbook. I probably didn't sleep those first two days <laughs> just because I wanted to kind of um, sell myself. I wanted to learn the playbook, whether that was going in the facility, being the first one in the facility early, staying late, watching film, just kind of showing coaches that, like, I really wanted, you know, this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, I ended up actually getting signed. They ended up signing me on the last day to the, to the, um, to the squad. And um, I was with them until – to roster cuts, so preseason cuts. But, um, I mean, to me right then and there, just being in the league was a, you know, just, it was like a dream come true because you worked all your life for this. And as as it is, it's already tough, you know, to get to this point. Sure. So, um, just knowing that, you know, just coming in as a tryout guy, like you just got to work for literally everything. Like, especially as a young guy, young or old guy, I mean, you just have to work. Like, but. And on just a, yeah, and on, and on a sort of fan level, I mean, right. what's it like? going from a Missouri Valley football school to to the NFL. You know, you have a lot of Power 5 guys that might be signed on their resume alone, right. whether or not they deserve it. 
But, uh, you know, it takes a little something extra to get noticed out of South Dakota. Most definitely, especially since, like you said, it is a smaller school, like, you know, FCS school. So we kind of at times get overlooked. But um, that just also goes to show that if you can play, they'll find you as well, like, you know, no matter what level you're on. Um, but it definitely felt good coming in as a smaller school guy, working, um, getting to that level, and, you know, seeing those other guys who you either played against or, you know, who came from, you know, those power five schools or whatever the sure. case may be. Well, and so that takes us to the Spring League in 2018, which is the first time we crossed paths. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I remember your name because you actually missed the second game because you got signed by the Falcons straight out of that camp. Right. Um, and, of course, you know, on, on the Spring League social media, we always go back and try to find pictures of guys in Spring League stuff to promote them when they get signed. And we had one of you because you weren't right. there for that long. You right. got signed and... Um, every spring league player wants to get signed, and yeah. the spring league is more than happy to to let them go. But what do you remember about your time in Austin? That was the Johnny Manziel year, and uh, kind of the first time the league exploded onto the scene nationally. Yeah. So honestly, I can say I did not know what to expect when I first got up there. Just um, there's going to be a bunch of guys who are hungry, trying to fight for a spot, you know, um, to get to where you know the ultimate goal to where they want to be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just told myself from day one, I'm just going to go out there and set the tone, whether that's being first in the drills, um, first in line for whatever the case may be, just to try to set the tone and, um, you know, make myself stand out, you know, amongst those other guys. Um, so I just kind of took it serious from day one, you know, as far as even with meetings and stuff like that, just paying attention in meetings, just because, you know, you're also being recommended and you're being watched by, you know, a lot of coaches as well. So, I mean, if a coach calls and asks how – is this guy in meetings or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You don't want a bad word out saying that, oh, he's on his phone in meetings and stuff like that. Like, no team is probably going to take it serious just because they're not going to invest you, you know, if you, you're doing that stuff. So if you're not taking it serious. But um, I went out the first couple of weeks. I tried to do what I had to do, make plays. Um, I was in a meeting one time, I believe. I got a text from my agent, but I knew it was my agent because – I usually set different ringtones for my agents yeah. just because I, you know, Smart. it's easier to know, you know, if that's them texting me. So I got a text from him and um, slipped my phone out just because it's kind of, you know, surprised that he texted me during that time of the day. Um, went to the bathroom. Well, I want to say I totally because I went to the bathroom. Sure. <laughs> I stepped out and then I just seen he said, hey, the Falcons, you know, want to bring you in for a workout. And um, I think this was leading up to the second game. So I believe um, – at that point, I told him, yeah, we could let's do it for sure. And at that point, um, I don't want to say I was fully mentally checked out of the spring league, but I was like, at that point, I'm probably not going to play in that second game just, just to risk, just so I won't risk further injury. And I basically got the opportunity that I was looking for. So um, Exactly, and that, that's, yeah. why, that's why people come, you know. Exactly. And I think um, even, you know, and we'll get to the spring league 2020, but even in the contracts now for the players in 2020, if an NFL team comes calling, we'll be the first ones to tell mm-hmm. you to get out of here. Right. Um, what do you remember about the hype around that league at the time? I mean, you know, Johnny brought a lot of mm-hmm. uh, exposure to the league. Uh, did you play him? Yeah, I actually didn't get a chance to play Johnny. Um, I had a few um, interactions with Johnny, like, outside of football, but – we didn't get to play him. Uh, we were supposed to play in my second game, I believe, but I didn't play that mm-hmm. game. The league had a, definitely had a lot of hype. You had guys like Johnny, um, Zach, I believe Zach and Zach's here again. Um, yeah. yeah, and we'll get to a few of them because him. I think you crossed paths with a bunch of people throughout mm-hmm. this, you know, uh, at, at a couple of your stops. But um, 
So you go to Atlanta right from the Spring League. You're right. flying from Austin to Georgia. You no, have any time in between? No, no time in between. I'm still at the time. I'm still living in South Florida, um, and you can throw this in there. I'm also the crazy thing is I always wanted to move to Atlanta. So once I got the call that Atlanta wanted to bring me in, it was just like it's kind of like things just kind of just expedited at that point. But and how long was that? Just a workout? Did they sign you? How long did that experience last? Uh, they flew me out of Austin. I want to say. Maybe a couple days after, and I had a workout the next day that I had, the second day I was out there. Um, actually, I believe really the second, the, the, they brought me out there the same time where they were bringing in, like, NFL draft, you know, prospects, I guess, sending them in for visits. But um, they ended up signing me that right after that workout, um, and it felt really good, you know. Um, like I said, Atlanta was a big place that I wanted to be, and it mm-hmm. felt good because – Everything that I had planned for the spring league, it, it came, you know, it came true. You know, I went sure. there, did what I had to do, and, you know, opportunity came. So, um, Atlanta, Atlanta was a great place. I had uh, built a lot of great relationships, um, played some good football, and uh, it, was, it was definitely a great opportunity for sure. And I, and I read, yeah, I mean, I, I read that, that you really bonded with the Atlanta secondary, especially right. because of all the position switching you had done a couple of years before. Um, you still keeping in touch with some of those vets from Atlanta? Yeah, uh, guys like Keanu, Keanu Neal, uh, Rico, um, KZ, me and KZ train at the same same place in Atlanta still. Um, it was too uh, was font before he got traded. And also, I'm pretty close with a lot of the receivers just because we grew up in the same area. Like right, Miami, yeah. yeah. Um, now, you know, you know, we, we know that your Falcons uh, experience ended the same way as the Colts won, you know, a victim to roster cuts. But you said you were excited to be in Atlanta, and you actually ended up in the AAF on the Atlanta Legends right. for the Atlanta team. Um, and I was following that uh, that league along mostly because of our alumni and, and people like you. And you were the leading tackler uh, right. for the league for most of the season. I think you ended up finishing in the top five before right. the league shut down. How did that compare to, to something like the spring league, where you know you're obviously in a in a more traditional league, you're traveling, you're getting paid, right. um, but uh, you know the startup football vibe I'm sure was fairly similar. It was definitely, and that's something that I kind of compared it to once it first started, just the startup vibe, um, but also just having an opportunity to be able to compete to get where you want to be. Um, and I kind of treated it the same way, just like the spring league, just knowing that um, to get where I want to go is just, I mean, you don't have to, like, basically create, you know, put together some more film. Mm-hmm. And since that's how I just seen it as, and um, I just tried to go out there and do everything that I could. Um, week in and week out, and um, you know, just kind of just go from there. But the the AAF was a great opportunity, and um, did really you feel like your play I, matched your statistics? I mean, did you feel really good about your game when you were there? I actually did. Yeah, I think I was in the groove. Like the game was becoming much more slower for me. I had to already making two professional stops, and basically seeing everything, just knowing that I could play in the NFL. It kind of the AAF was kind of slow to me, just knowing that. Um, just playing against some elite athletes already and then coming to play against, you know, more elite athletes, I was already kind of just set in. And just playing, also being comfortable. I was living at the, in Atlanta at the time, so it was just like I was far more comfortable, right. um, you know, in the groove and everything like that. So. Well, so, you know, the pattern here and the pattern we've established is each stop gets you an NFL look. And then, right. that, you know, that NFL, so the, the NFL look that came out of the AAF was the Panthers. 
And I said we were going to talk about some guys whose paths you might have mixed with. I don't think Nick Truesdell was in Austin, but I believe he was in camp with you because I was right. I was following along the you know the the Panthers practice photos to to try to see shots of you guys, and he's actually here now um, in TSL 2020. Um, but yeah, so now take us through the Panthers opportunity. Uh, agent hit me up again one day. He said uh, the Panthers. I'm going to bring you in for... Uh, this is after the AAF folded. Yeah, after the AAF folded. Actually, uh, before the AAF folded as well, um, Pittsburgh flew me in on a on a visit. They wanted to sign me, but um, I ended up going to IR in the AAF because I had like a... Um, kind of like a bulging disc in my neck, so I had to shut my season down early. Um, so when I went to Pittsburgh, I ended up failing my physical. So I had to wait till I get healed. And then at that time, the Panthers came... And they hit my agent up and told my agent that they would like to invite me to the, you know, rookie minicamp. Um, ended up going up there. Definitely came across um, Nick Truesdale at the time. Also knew him because I think he was on the Salt Lake team mm-hmm. um, up there. And then um, did everything I could in there. And then it just, you know, you know, every team has whatever they're looking for. So right. it didn't end up working out there. But um, I like Carolina a lot as well. Yeah, and and then you end up in the next startup football league, which is the XFL. And right. uh, you know, I don't know if you're a fan of the Spring Forward Pod. No need to answer that question. <laughs> but I interviewed uh, Dantes Bird yeah. um, fairly early in the XFL season, and I, I I always remember mentioning in that pod that I have to talk to you because you've had all this success mm-hmm. after the Spring League. We didn't know it was going to come back to the Spring League or what was going to happen here. Um, but when I saw you were on the roster for for this camp, I was like, okay, Tyson's got to be mm-hmm. the first guest we have here. Um, the XFL seemed to be organized a little bit better than the AAF. Right. Uh, unfortunately, maybe due to COVID, it, it met the same fate. Right. Um, but that was the first time you left the South in a few years, maybe, for Most a professional definitely. opportunity. Most so what's the Pacific Northwest like in terms of their sports uh, fandom? They, they seem to embrace everyone up there. I can tell you, Seattle is a great city um, for sports. They're, they're very big on sports, and um, especially football. Um, I would say just about all our games were probably packed out. Um, just that atmosphere playing playing in that stadium is just amazing, and um, just the city itself is beautiful. Um, Seattle's a it was a it was a great stop for me. Really liked it up there. Uh, just being able to we were staying actually like literally right downtown. As soon as we walk outside the hotel, like we're you know it's everything. You got the you know the towers and everything. You got the space needle, all that right there. So I mean. Senior and everything was beautiful. Football was beautiful. It was just a you know a beautiful town to play in. So, um, did that really league or it. that vibe differ much from the AAF? Did it feel similar? Or did it feel like the XFL was trying something new? Maybe they were going to have more success. Um, it kind of felt a little bit similar, just because it was like this is another startup league. But we also kind of didn't know what to expect, just because most of us had came from the AAF. So it's like it's like we we want it to last at this point. You know, we don't want you know. Um, to have another breakdown, and um, so we kind of just was, you know, cherishing it every day. But um, like I said, I just went in, I tried to go again with the same op- same mindset again, as you know, trying to just build my film up and you know get to you know back where I want to be at. But, sure, and I mean in this insane year that 2020 is, that was what nine months ago, less yeah, than nine months ago. So it, you know, it feels like it was so long ago. But now here we are. Um, picking up the pads and the, and the balls and the helmets again and playing football in 2020. So, 
that brings us to now. How did you find out about um, this league? Because it came about fairly quickly. Uh, actually, uh, me and my boy Channing Scribbling, he's with the uh, he's generals, with the general. Yeah. yeah. So Channing, Michigan. Yep, you missed. Channing was my corner in um in Seattle, and we we're boys and everything. But uh, he had told me him and Tarp. Tarp is over there as well with the generals. Him and Tarp had reached out to me. They had told me that um about the spring league. Like I said, this is my first time hearing about it actually coming back and actually mm-hmm. like being a league or something like that. And he said he talked to Brian, and he was like, he told Brian to put us on the same teams or whatever the case may be. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm going to reach out to Brian and see if, you know, there's any more availability, anything left. Like at the time, I was really just training every day, and it was, you know, at this point, last time I played was in March. So it's probably best if I get some more film, you know, on tape. And I've been in the spring league before, so – I know, you know, what it can produce if you, you go out there and make plays. And they also had questions, you know, talking to me about, you know, how was it, how was my experience. Actually, a lot of guys always ask me how was the experience or how did it differ from, how is it different between now and Austin. Um, so I ended up talking to Brian. Brian had room for me, thankfully, and was able to bring me back. And, um, yeah, I'm just grateful to be here now to kind of get things rolling. I see a lot of guys here who I've. Seeing awesome as well, uh, Deshaun, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of guys. Uh, and there's a lot of that return factor, of being, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of the guys did do AAF, XFL, and those leagues don't exist anymore. And so it kind of comes back around full circle with like 2018 when right. those leagues didn't exist. Um, same for the CFL guys; they canceled their season, and and guys got to get on tape, guys got to play, and if they can get the opportunity to go back, um, we very much hope that for them. But uh, what are some of the major differences you see from 2018? Obviously, you mentioned it's a bit more right. of a legit league format now. Yeah, definitely the uh, legit league format. And also, um, I want to say back then, it was more players. So, um, it was more so like you got to get out and actually More like, players and fewer teams. Definitely. More players more players and fewer teams. So, it's like you your, your reps maybe You might not get a lot of reps that day, but the reps that you do get... You have to make sure you stand out because you don't know who's watching and you don't know how many more reps you're going to get. And, um, of course, COVID, without COVID, you know, coming, the hands-on, like, virtual, like, meetings and everything like mm-hmm. that. So, uh, I mean, those are really the main differences. Other than that, it's just, you know, it's, to me, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's just sure. more teams. It's hard to take COVID out of it, obviously. I think I think mm-hmm. that one of the reasons the league is where it is is, is – uh, you know, due to the folding of the XFL and the Big right. Ten moving their season back and whatnot. But do you, from a player's perspective, see a value in a league that is in one place? I think they've tried it in other sports, but in football, um, you've never had this, like, single-site idea executed before. And is that yeah. the right way to do development football, from your perspective? I think it is. I mean, um, just seeing, kind of having, like, that bubble concept, um, it's kind of I think it, it works, and also just having like the the COVID testing, um, just to kind of keep the you know your eye on things and make sure everything's kind of you know smoothing out, and also having the, the virtual meetings and everything like that. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure if any other league starts up, they're gonna try to try to do the same thing, and it's actually to credit to the spring league, it's actually tougher to do a bubble concept with football just because there are more guys. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, like NBA, you probably have to deal with, what, 15 guys per team? Mm-hmm. And they exactly. have, like, It's one of the reasons yeah. the NFL couldn't couldn't do it. Exactly. Um, 
So let's get let's get you know put on your analyst hat for a second. You're on the Conquerors, one of six teams. Head coach Jerry Glanville. Mm-hmm. Um, can you take us through some sort of team preview? Obviously, it's hard when you've got six brand new teams that were all founded at the same time. Right. People ask me all the time who's the best team, and um, you probably have a better eye for talent mm-hmm. than I do. So take us through your team and and what you've seen of of other teams. Well, you're only practicing with one other team. Uh from what I've seen from our team, we have a, a pretty dynamic team, just our offense. We got, uh, like, June Jones. A lot of guys familiar with June Jones, especially with the XFL, Houston Roughnecks, what he was able to do with those guys. And that offense is just amazing. Um, got a couple great quarterbacks. Um, got Kevin Anderson is one of them. That's my boy. We uh, went to high school. He's actually my high school quarterback. Yeah, another former spring leaguer, too. Yeah. He was in the one after you in 2018. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of good having him and then – Couple guys on offense. We got um, Malik Foreman. He was we came out together and trained together. And Dan Williams, familiar with him in the AAF and XFL, um, and also Nick Holly, um, familiar with him as well. Defensive wise, um, Glenville, he's just gonna get after you. Um, his defense is very fun. I can't give too much insight on exactly <laughs> what we do, but. Um, if anyone's familiar with the early oh, yeah. '90s Falcons, he's oh, yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a ball hawk. Most definitely, <laughs> most definitely, and it's a lot of he creates that. I mean, his play calling is going to create a lot, a lot of opportunities to make plays. So it's going to be up to us, you know, to be able to cash in on those. Let's um, say as far as other teams, from what I've seen, I got a, pretty much a, a couple guys on just about each team. Um, but you you recognize yeah. some some guys from your past in the football community that have made their way here. Most definitely, I want to say at least about more than 10 guys probably who I've either played with or just know in general or came across paths with some way down the line. But definitely know a lot of people. And and not to end on this note, but obviously you picked up a knock this week um, in your quad, and, and it seems mm-hmm. like you, you are already moving around much better. Do you plan on playing in your in your first game on Tuesday? Yeah, I've been doing extra treatment, double up on treatment, tripling up on treatment, trying to do everything right now. I actually have a heating pad thing on my – leg and it literally has my legs sweating bullets right now so <laughs> oh i think um, it's pretty hot in here too because yeah. i tried to to let out uh, or block out all the sound oh, yeah. um but that's good to hear your first game is against the generals on tuesday night on fs1 mm-hmm. and uh i don't know about you but i think that's a mu- that's a much bigger deal than game six of the world series most definitely i mean especially <laughs> it feels good being the first team to actually be televised this season um being on a big stage um you know, under the lights, it can't get any better than that. So yeah, and and that that's a that's a good thing to end on. Give me your impressions of of the Alamo Dome and and the first three weeks of the spring league will be played at the Alamo Dome. Um, it's crazy because Alamo Dome, we had to actually my first rodeo with that was in the uh, AAF when we actually had to play San Antonio. Um, I wouldn't say like that inaugural game that mm-hmm. just that little um, test drive that we had with them. Um. So it kind of brings back memories. I want to say, um, stadium is very beautiful. Um, nice, nice turf. Yeah, and that's important. I don't think people yeah. realize how uh, you know, you know, the Meadowlands and the Giants and Jets had issues this year with turf. Oh, so yeah. to hear a player say that the turf is good, I think, is uh, reassuring injury-wise. I think for the whole exactly. league. Uh, Tuesday night, FS1 Generals versus Conquerors. Tyson will be on the field, yes, and. You know, we appreciate you being the first the first pod guest of, of this season. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. All right. 
This interview with Tyson was a long time coming, and I'm glad we were able to do it in person, and that he will be healthy and ready to go on Tuesday night. Watch Tyson and the rest of the Conquerors take on the Generals on FS1. You can follow the Spring League on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Spring League. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Alex Goldstick. All music was provided to the Spring Forward podcast by Joshua Rosner. We'll see you on Tuesday night. Later. Later.